Hello, and welcome to House of Fire and Blood, the podcast where we ask, what if George R. R. Martin's Fire and Blood were told more like HBO's show, House of the Dragon? My name is Gretchen, and I use they-them pronouns, and I am here with my co-host, Caroline. Hello, my name is Caroline, I use she, her pronouns, and I'm eating cashews, so if you hear like a little <laughs> crunchy, that's just that's just me having a good cashew day. Uh-huh. I'm having high in protein, good for you cashews. Having a snacky so. snack. Um, yeah. While we talk about the long reign, Jaharis and Alisand, we are still in mm-hmm. that very long chapter, it should be called mm-hmm. the long chapter. Um... <laughs> Oh, that'd be a perfect title for this episode, the long chapter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, feel free. Feel free to use it. That's what I'm here for. Um, but we are in part five of mm. The Long Range, Harris and Alisan. And uh, today um, we are going to be talking about uh, starting on the top of page 315. And now mm-hmm. I fear we must turn our attention to the one of those troubling and distasteful chapters of The Long Reign. And then ending... Um, on page 326. Yep. With, they have made our daughter into a whore, she said. She always was, the king replied. So, so, Caroline, um, what are we talking about today? We're fine. <laughs> you and I are fine. We aren't, we aren't gonna lose our fucking minds this episode. We are, we are intelligent, even-keeled people. We feel very normal about Jaharis Targaryen. feel very normal about this fictional man. <laughs> We're talking about Sarah. I fucking hate him so much. <laughs> so Sarah, upset. So mad. We're so upset. We're the whole, we're very upset. And if you're not also upset, I don't know why. You should be. Get get ready to get upset. Um Sarah uh, spelled good... S-A-E-R-A because we're fucking Targaryens. Right. Um uh-huh. the the most of this section, I think almost all this section is about Sarah. Yep. Yeah, the this, whole thing. The whole, whole thing. thing is this about, is like yeah. one event. This whole yep. chunk is just one event. Oh, Sarah. So what really? So 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 the high level summary is that Sarah, who's what number child is she? Ninth, nine, mm-hmm. nine um, of thirteen. Yeah, and uh, she is one of Jaharis and Alison's daughters, who notably, the, via the text, does not get a lot of attention because she's ninth. Because she's um, ninth. Uh huh. Which is maybe a good reason to not have that many children. Yep. Um. Yep. So she. The, the way that Tex describes her is that she's, like, demanding yep. in a bad way. Uh-huh. Yep. And that she's, like, she wants these things and she wants them now and, and she's, like, entitled princess or whatever. Yeah. She, and Sarah takes all of this as her due because she's, she's a fucking princess. She's a princess! That's Christ! <laughs> what about, I want to know, does does Eamon also do all this shit? Because I'm sure he does. Mm-hmm. So, right. like, fuck, absolutely fuck off. The interesting thing about Sarah, and I'll come back to this throughout, is that I think there's two ways to interpret this text. Mm-hmm. One is that the maester is so patriarchy about it that this is all he's just wrong, uh-huh. or he's just judging her more harshly because of patriarchy. The other is that she's genuinely a sociopath, which is possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll talk about that more in analysis. I think that there might be a third option that makes things look a bit so. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Interesting. I, I think there might be a complicated mix of things happening, so we'll get into mm, it. There definitely could be. So Sarah um, is, I don't know, entitled a lot, and she plays mean pranks and gets away with them, and um, she 
is canonically bisexual, which we love. Uh, canonically bisexual princess. Um, she likes and making she, out. She likes making out. She likes. They have to practice kissing, Gretchen. Yeah. The girls have to practice kissing. That's what they're for. That's what, That's girls, what girls are for, Gretchen. <laughs> what a very straight thing to do is just practice kissing with your best friends. That's what I do. I don't know about you. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're just doing a lot of practicing, Caroline. Just like years just and practicing. years of practicing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, I, I I was in fact just doing years and years of practicing. That's I just want to be you know I just want to be good at what I do, Gretchen. It's, it's mm-hmm. important. Right. It's important. Right. Uh, skill um, to have. So most of this, we're like I feel like. What we're going to do is, like, again, just do, like, a really high level, like, this will be the part where we tell you the events of what happened in the text, and then in our analysis, we'll just, like, dive really deep into this. Yeah. Um. So she gets, like, the, so there are, there's, like, a group of six, right? So there's mm-hmm. Sarah and her friends, Perianne and Alice, and then these dudes um, named Jonah and Red Roy Connington and the Stinger. Mm-hmm. So Sarah gets the three boys to pull a prank on... Like Tom Turnip, who is the the, the royal fool, mm-hmm. that involves him being chased naked by sex workers in the street outside of a brothel. Not a very nice thing to do. Yeah, pretty mean. Um, the boys get arrested and thrown in the dungeon. And at first, one of them, I believe it's Jonah, like blames Sarah as like, "Oh yeah, it was all the princess's idea." Mm-hmm. But then when they're brought before King Jaehaerys, he's like, "I don't know what you're talking about." And he's like, "Yeah, no, the guards miss her. Definitely not Sarah. Not involved. Definitely." In not Sarah, and then none of the boys say anything else. Mm-hmm. And Jaharis is like, get stitches. Good job, snitches. guys. Mm-hmm. And then Jaharis is like, well, go sit in the dungeon. There's mm-hmm. nothing more I can do. Mm-hmm. It's a but weird thing for not. them to have him sit, have them sit in the dungeon for. Like, it was like a prank on a fool, and what we've seen so far is that uh-huh. like nobody cares about fools, right? You know, how does the fool th- feel? Said no one ever until <clears throat> mm-hmm. literally, literally this example. Right. This is, like, the only example we have in the text so far of, like, anyone caring that this was mean. Right. And we know that this is not the first time that Sarah has played a prank on the fool. Mm-hmm. Um, we know that when she was younger that these pranks, I feel like this, uh, yeah, I mean, we can get into it into analysis as to, like, why now, why suddenly now does it matter? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, so uh, Jaharis is like, I can't do anything else. I, the conciliator, can do no more. Throw these men in the dungeon and that'll... F- yep. So Eventually like they'll change their mind. Yep. <laughs> and Alisanne's like, well, how about I talk to Sarah's two female friends? Mm-hmm. How about I go see what they have to say? They might know more. Mm-hmm. Um, and Alisanne is, is like, smart. Alisanne's like, listen, girls... I got your three boyfriends in the dungeon, so, like, tell me what happened. And the girls reveal all the shit that Alisanne did not know about. <laughs> like, literally nothing about the event at the brothel. Nothing. Nothing, nothing about all. the event at the brothel. Just a bunch of, just, they open a whole other can of worms. And they're like, we all been making out. We all mm-hmm. been sleeping together. And one of them's like, I'm pregnant. And I yep. don't, I don't know whose child it is. Oh, my gosh. Yep. Yep, um, because she's clearly had sex with all three of the boys, so yeah. at least two, enough to not know, but probably all three, mm-hmm. and Alisanne's like, huh, Alisanne's like, interesting, thanks for that, good and tips, good tips. I, my favorite part of this is that um, 
both Jaharis and Alison had been like, well, listen, they can't get up to like any shenanigans because they're always surrounded by people. They always have their ladies in waiting, their servants, their squires, their, their people, their grooms, everybody's around them. Uh-huh. So they can't they can't do anything sexy. Um, Alison's like, how did you guys do all this shit with all the people around? And they're like, we told them to wait outside. <laughs> and it's like, Alison's like, what? <laughs> And the girls are like, they're servants. They do what they're told. Yes, yes. One of them literally says they're servants. They do what they're told. And it's like, well, yeah, they do. Servants do what they're told. You tell them go hang out outside and they will go hang out outside. Mm -hmm. You tell them don't talk shit and they won't talk shit for the most part. Mm -hmm. It's actually kind of surprising that they didn't know about it sooner given the the servants that were around. Um, Well, it says that they were like the ones who knew kept quiet. Um, Stinger, who seems like the worst... Mm-hmm. Of the dude said that he was gonna have their tongues out if they said anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so then Allison, so they were also threatened into silence. Yeah, Allison goes back to Jaharis and is like, "Hoo hoo hoo! Do uh, I have some tea for the you? Tea I got for you, brother, <laughs> man, bro. Wait, wait till you hear this shit, bro." <laughs> <laughs> and Jaharis is like, "Women can't have sexual desire except for my sister. Uh, uh-huh. No one else is allowed." And they, they bring Sarah in. And Sarah thinks that this is all going to be about the incident at the brothel. So, right. like, at first she's, like, really nonchalant. And it's like, I don't know, he's a fool. He likes it when people laugh at him, doesn't he? Whatever. Right, that's the point. I've done this before. What's the problem? Yeah. And then it's um, revealed. And then, uh... and then Alison is like, no, no, the other things. Tell us about the sex parties and the making out. And Sarah just, like, melts down. Like, I love the passage describing what she, how she speaks. Oh my, oh my gosh. gosh. It's so good. It's, it's the, so big. It's so well written. And like the, uh-huh. the you can like feel like the, her brain. Um, yep. Any possible excuse that she could come up with. Yeah. It's on middle of page 321. Most she, of page 321. Yeah. She never did it. They were lying. It never happened. How could they believe it? It was just a game. It was just a jape. Who said that? That was not how it happened. Everyone likes kissing. She was sorry. Perry started it. It was such fun. No one was hurt. No one ever told her kissing was bad. Sweetberry had dared her. She was so ashamed. Bailon used to kiss Alyssa all the time. Once she started, she didn't know how to stop. She was afraid of Singer. The mother above had forgiven her. All the girls were doing it the first time she was drunk. On and on and on. Yep. And yep. it's like, th- this is a really interesting look into her mental state, mm-hmm. and I, which we could talk about in analysis. But she just gives yep. like every possible explanation. Mm-hmm. And like just like just vomits it out, right? Yeah. Um. So yeah. Um. Yeah. yeah. So she and then ultimately, like, the key. <laughs> after all of this, she like melts down and just like mm-hmm. word vomits every possible excuse. Then the king goes, "What have you done, mm-hmm. Seven? Save us! What have you done?" Mm-hmm. like he's he's also losing his shit and it's just mm-hmm. like what did you do and she's like i fucked my friends <laughs> yep i love when he's like have you given one of these boys your maiden had tell me true and this is when she says true no i gave it to all three they all think they were the first i'm like oh damn girl the boys are such silly fools mm. Ooh, what yes. a call out to Jaharis mm-hmm. too because this was all happening right under his nose. Yep, yep. She she mm-hmm. got away with all this right under his nose. I think that's yeah. part of what pisses him off so much. Oh yeah. Um. 
So yeah, she admits to having sex with all her male friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that's not okay. It's not okay to have sex before marriage. Nope. Definitely not. Mm-hmm. So she's put under house arrest, um, but she runs away. She, she gets, almost she gets, gets away too. She almost gets a dragon. Yeah, she gets. She makes her way to the dragon pit, and she's caught at the dragon pit. She, she was trying totally to totally would have taken Valerian. Absolutely, because oh, yeah, Jaharis is like, what would she have done? Taken Valerian? Yes, she absolutely yeah. would have fucking oh, yeah. taken Valerian. Oh, it would have been great. Um, um, and Alisan is like trying to like be like, you know, well, we'll punish her, but she, you know, just she can come back into the fold. But then she tries to escape, and Alisan is like, well, fuck, mm-hmm. well, uh, fuck, yeah. They arrange marriages um, for the the other girls. Yep, Perianne marries Jonah, so mm-hmm. marries one of the boys. Alice is the one who's pregnant, mm-hmm. um, and she ends up having to give birth. Um, she goes somewhere and she gives birth, and then marries, you know, like a lower knight. But- well, what's interesting about Alice Turnberry is that um, the other boy, Connington, read. Uh, not he refuses he refuses to marry her he refuses to marry her because he's like i'm not gonna have stinger's bastard and pretend it's my own but then she gives birth to a girl with bright red hair yeah because i yeah i put that in our notes that i was pretty sure that that red roy connington refers to he probably has red hair the connington's have red hair yeah that's one of the families that does yeah yeah so that was called red roy so like yeah like there's there's like a bitter twist in there that like Mm-hmm. Red Roy Connington is like, I'm not going to raise somebody else's bastard. It's like, whoops, it's yours. Whoops, it's your bastard. LOL, LOL. <laughs> lol, lol. Um, so she ends up um, married the Lord of Pebble. Dunstan Pryor, the Lord of Pebble. Mm-hmm. Uh, Connington goes into exile um, like Connington's do. Yeah, that, 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 that's a thing that they do, tend to do. <laughs> um, and dies. He dies in Essos. Yeah. Um, and uh, Stinger... <laughs> What a fucking Stinger. douche name, by the way. I'm Poor sorry. St- I know, but I feel bad for Stinger because it's like he's just 19 and wants to fuck. And it's like, yeah, that's what 19-year-olds do. They right. want to fuck. Like, yeah, I get it. Uh-oh. You know. And and Sarah wanted to fuck, too. He doesn't force himself on anybody. Yeah, like, no, these, no, no, These no. girls this also was, wanted to fuck, yeah. This was all consensual. Yeah. No matter how ashamed the girls feel afterwards because they got caught. Mm-hmm. Um... This seems to have all been... I totally believe that this was all consensual. That this was just a bunch of horny teenagers wanting to fuck each other. Yep. And that's what they did. Right. And that's what they did. And that's great. And they should be allowed. And yep. then they got caught. And then they all got in trouble. Yep. Um. So, Jaharis, who... Quite the conciliator threatens uh, Stinger with some nineteen-year-old brutal boy. torture, brutal torture. Mm-hmm. And is like, you could do that or trial by combat. Mm-hmm. And Stinger's like, all right, we'll do trial by combat. Who who of your kings guard am I fighting? And the king's like, you're fighting fucking me. And like whips me, out Blackfire. fucker. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so they duel and Jaharis obviously wins. And he, he wins. He shoves Blackfire through Stinger's eye. Did you notice that? I did. I did notice that. <laughs> I did. That's an I eye gouging. Like, oh, Another one of those symbolic deaths. Interesting. How interesting. Mm-hmm. And and one of these ancient Valyrian steel swords going in someone's eye. Interesting. Yep. Has, yep. Has significance. Uh, yeah. And they make fucking Sarah watch yep. from a tower. Mm-hmm. Where she's being guarded by Jonquil Dark. I'm so curious what Jonquil Dark thinks about all this. Because, I, I mean, I think Jonquil Dark is a queer woman. Yep. Uh, and I can imagine Jonquil Dark being like, wow, you did all this for some dude? Ugh. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. Like she might be very judgmental in that way. Uh huh. You know. Right. Right. Um. So yeah, Sarah is eventually her final punishment is going to the Silent Sisters. Mm-hmm. Um. But she escapes after like a year and a half. Mm-hmm. She she finds a way out and um. We love this for her. She's mm-hmm. found in a Lysine pleasure house, living her best life, seems to be enjoying herself. Still dressed as a novice of the- Still dressed as a novice. <laughs> <laughs> I guess Essos has a has a nun kink. I love that for uh-huh. her. Yeah, love that for her. She seems happy. And yeah. she eventually be, like becomes like the, the madam of a mother house, I think. Yeah, she like rises up. We, we hear about Sarah throughout the rest of the story here and there. Yeah. About what she's yeah. up to. Yeah. But yeah, like I, this seems to be what she wants. Good for her. I mean, none of it had to happen if they didn't try to force the patriarchy on her. Oh my god. So as for what really happened, um, well, analysis. Before we get into like what the major was thinking and stuff, I do think it's important to say up up front, like I did last episode, um, the rules of the patriarchy are fucking fake. Yep, they are yep. fake. The text wants you to think. That what mm-hmm. Sarah did was really, really bad. Yeah. But it is not. She and her friends had consensual sex with other friends around the same age as them. Mm-hmm. That's, it's fine. That is, that's, ab- we want that to happen. Do that. This is like, what teenagers do. Come on. Right. Like, teenagers exactly. fuck each other and they should be allowed to. What up? Like, yeah. <sighs> Meanwhile, Jaharis is was totally fucking Alisan on Dragonstone before their, like, big wedding in King's Landing. After they were, like, you know, married on Dragonstone that first time. And it's like the, the hypocrisy is insane to me. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the one part, I mean, we'll get into this more in the analysis, but like just to say this here, the one part of like Sarah's whole word vomit that gets to me is when she says Balon and Alyssa were kissing each other. And I'm like, yep, yep, they were. That's right. They were kissing each other. They might have mm-hmm. even been fucking before they got married. Mm-hmm. But it's fine if you fuck your brother when you're going to get married. It's not fine if you fuck your friends and you're not married. Like, ah! <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like, what if they had discovered by this point in time, Alyssa has died, I believe, timeline-wise. Yes. So, like, what if they had discovered that Sarah was making out with Balon? They would have been like, great, get married. Yep. Marry your brother. That's it. Mm-hmm. it would, I mean, it was like... Oh, chairs, chairs, chairs. Okay. Yep. Yep. Point, yep. point of view. What was the maester <gasps> thinking? Uh, um, I mean, patriarchy brain. Just patriarchy a fucking brain. patriarchy brain. Vomited all over this. Yeah. Um, we talked about this last time. I will just note that there's there's other sections that like use like man as generic in here. Mm-hmm. Whatever. The the most important thing is just like this this whole narrative and the way it's told is just fucking is just steeped in patriarchy brain. Yep. All over the goddamn place. Um. Because I actually buy that most of this probably happened. Like, I, I buy yeah. that, that this pretty much happened the way it's described. I can totally believe that all of this happened. Uh, absent Sarah, Sarah's personality, which yep. I think we could talk about. Yeah. But, like, the, the events, I think, all happened. Yes. yes. The events yep. seem to make sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. The, like, the bias isn't skewing the events. Like, we saw last time with, like, the Dornish War, where we're like, I don't even know if this happened. Oh, yeah. That just <laughs> didn't happen. <laughs> Like, this is clearly, like, I'm pretty, like, I believe that, I buy that all of these events happened, especially, like, the series of events from the brothel, like, mm-hmm. with, with Tom Turnip, and everything from then on, I totally buy that all of that happened, and that yes. they were making out, they were having sex, whatever, believe it. And the girls were having sex, too, because they, the, yep. they, they describe, like, we would pretend we were men, we would practice on each other, so, like, yeah, yeah, we all, we would take turns pretending who was a man, and, 
Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh huh. Same. So. <laughs> <laughs> like the layer of patriarchy brain is like the lens with which this is being discussed. Right. And how it's being described, how Sarah's treated, and even the way that she's talked about, the way that so much of this is ascribed to her personality mm-hmm. rather than like. Maybe a bunch of other things, which we can get into. Yeah. Um, All right. So let's get into this analysis of Sarah Targaryen. Uh, yeah, her, yeah, Targaryen. There's a way to call her Sarah Targaryen. It's a fucking normal name. It's... It does seem really weird to call her Sarah Targaryen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So like, she's, a, she's extremely privileged, right? Because uh-huh. she's a princess. Right. Um, but she also has this issue of being, like, ninth born. I think at this time... There's six siblings ahead of her, and two, her two eldest siblings have had children. So there's like, no, she's no way in line for an Iron Throne. Nope. Um, and she expresses, based on what the Maester tells us, the desire to be a queen or to be in like a position of power. Yep. And she shows an interest in men and marriage at, the, at an appropriate age, at like 13, 14. She starts talking about like wanting to get married mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um. You made a really good point on our last podcast about how maybe the fact that things went so south with Dayella is what tempered Jaehaerys trying to marry her off because he doesn't try to marry Sarah off early, even though she expresses interest in people, mm-hmm. um, which I think I think is accurate. Um, but she's also, you know, overlooked and neglected by her parents, which I, I think is a big part of this. Is like, yeah, she didn't get the same kind of tutelage. As, like, as the older girls got, for example. As, like, she didn't get the same kind of attention from Alison as, like, Princess Daenerys was getting before she died. Mm-hmm. Or even Alyssa. Princess Alyssa got. Yep. You know? And she yep. wasn't old enough to marry one of her brothers. Like, there wasn't mm-hmm. an available brother to keep her, like, in the family in that sense. Mm-hmm. Or in line yep. for power. Yep. Like... So there's this whole, like, I, I just want to read this part on page 315 where Septon Barth is describing her. Um, and I think there's a lot of insight both that he has and also that we can glean from this. Mm-hmm. Um, she's the king's daughter. She's well aware of it. Um, servants see to her every need. Um, lords and knights show her every courtesy. Ladies of the court defer to her. All of this Sarah takes as her due. That's one part want to be like any fucking princess would. Right. It seems really normal to me. This is what it would be like to be, like, a, a royal child, especially when you have older siblings who are being treated the same way. Exactly. It is her due. In your society, in, the, in this the patriarchy, that this mon- monarchy patriarchy that you were doing, this is her due. Right. But, like, how dare a woman expect to be treated this way? She should mm-hmm. always be kind of humble about it or whatever is, like, right. kind of what this is, what is implied here is that, mm-hmm. like, the fact that she's acting entitled is somehow a problem. But I'm like, mm-hmm. right, but she's, like... The princess of the royal family. What do you fucking expect? At least, I'm surprised more of the children aren't like this. More royal Targaryens don't. Or, or, or as you said, probably the other kids are acting like this. And this is hindsight bias. Like, yes. ah, 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 we always knew because she always acted so entitled. And it's like, well, the other kids did, but they turned out fine. Mm-hmm. They didn't do anything I mean, like this. It's the same with the paragraph before where they're, they're um, criticizing how she was as a child, as a baby. Uh-huh. She was... Um, uh, always a voracious hunger for milk, for food, for affection, for praise. As a babe, she did not cry so much as scream. And her ear-piercing wails became the terror of every maiden in the Red Keep. Like, she was a baby. She was a crying baby. A baby who was loud. Right. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> right. What? This doesn't make any sense to me. Um, 
But it says if she were the king's firstborn or better still his only child, she would be well content. Instead, she finds herself the ninth born with six living siblings who are older than her and even more adored. Mm. Aemon is to be king. Balin most likely will be his hand. Alyssa may all her may be all her mother is and more. Vagon is more learned than she. Megal is horrier, holier and Daella when she when does a day go by when Daella is not in need of comfort? And whilst she is being sued, Sarah is being ignored. Mm. That's the part that stands out to me the most that I think that like does a lot of explaining of Sarah's psychology mm-hmm. is that she is a ninth born child where all of her older siblings have a place and a thing that they're known for. And the sibling that is most closest to her in age is soaking up all of the mm-hmm. attention, all of the attention. Yep. So Sarah is the child everyone assumes is going to be okay because mm-hmm. she's not visibly anxious or in need or in need of comfort the way that Diella is. So everyone's just like, oh, yeah, she's fine. Mm-hmm. Sarah's fine. But, like, when you are <laughs> – I speak from experience as someone who was kind of benignly neglected by one of my parents. I was the youngest mm-hmm. of three, not even not – not even this many kids, but the youngest mm-hmm. of three. Um, and – like, I was kind of benignly neglected by one of my parents for a similar reason of, like, well, Gretchen's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. They're fine. Like, hi, you know, my sister was having conflict with my mom and, like, my my brother was a boy and so my dad gave him attention because gender reasons. And it was like, well, mm-hmm. Gretchen's – I – in my dad's mind, I needed attention the least. Mm-hmm. I was the most okay. And so it was fine to neglect me. It was mm-hmm. fine. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're fine. They're going to yeah. be okay. But, like, what happens is you're not okay, actually. Like, children mm-hmm. need attention and affection from both their parents. Mm-hmm. And, and, when and having that circumstance, and I, I understand what you're saying because I have a similar experience um, mm-hmm. growing up because my brother uh, had ADHD and autism. I still has it as an adult. Mm-hmm. and right. but, but particularly as a child, it was very difficult. I remember mm-hmm. Chris as a child. And he was four and a half years older than I am. Um, mm-hmm. So there's a, bit, a good age gap between us. Uh, but it was the same kind of thing where, mm-hmm. like, by like, he needed more attention yeah. because he couldn't do things on his own. He needed accommodations from my parents and was more time. And I just didn't need those things because I didn't have those diagnoses. And I never felt, like, neglected or anything as a kid. But I was very independent by mm-hmm. requirement of the circumstance. Right. And I think uh, a co- something that happens because of that is searching for like sarah was searching for praise and attention mm-hmm. outside of the family unit right and yeah, that you- could you know that could manifest in all kinds of ways when i was a kid it was like a school thing like i always wanted to be like very good at school because i would get the praise and the attention mm-hmm. from that and my parents gave me praise and attention too it just was it was imbalanced because it had to be because one right. child uh, needed more um and that's what and- happens to sarah yeah i mean we see it in like she's I think that, that that all of the kind of misbehavior that we see in her as a child where it's like, oh, she's playing pranks. Like, all of like we have a list of, like, pranks that she pulls. Mm-hmm. And, like, they're mean. But, like, I don't think that she's a mean person. Like, I read that and I'm like, this seems really normal under the circumstances. Mm-hmm. She's acting out. She's misbehaving to get attention. Yeah. And it might even, like, even negative attention is attention. Like, mm-hmm. some children under circumstances of neglect will, like, become perfectionist mm-hmm. and i think you and i tended to be the like you know like well i'll just be so good at th- i will get noticed by being exceptionally good at a thing exactly yep and some children act out by like i will become noticed by doing something out of the normal behavior 
Mm-hmm. It's like it's it's still looking for a thing that's like quote unquote not normal. It's mm-hmm. just like misbehavior. It's just mm-hmm. another avenue for a child to get attention because they're doing something that like no one else is doing. They're acting out of what is normal expected behavior because normal behavior gets them overlooked. Right. So they have to do something big enough to get attention and that can be being really good at a thing outstanding in a thing or it can be what we would call misbehavior Mm -hmm. and for sarah when she Mm -hmm. gets comes of age it becomes sexual attention yes which is is quite a fucking drug when you (laughs) you know when you get to be in your teens and you start to be um someone who has sexual desire and then also is the object of someone else's sexual desire Right, and, and she's a princess. She's a Targaryen princess. She's yeah. she's gonna be told she's one of the most beautiful people mm-hmm. in Westeros, and, and she she's is. She's taught, beautiful, and she's taught by the patriarchy that that's really important. Mm-hmm. So she's doing really well at that. She's really pretty, and yep. she's supposed to want to like boys, and she's supposed to want to get married, and she's supposed to be attracting them, and that's what she's doing. And she's she's pursuing that attention elsewhere because she isn't getting it from Jaehaerys and Alysanne. Right. Yep. Yeah, and, like, when she was a child, it might be that, like, playing pranks was the only way that she ever got attention from her parents. And it's important that we hear these lists of pranks that she's pulling, and there's never any consequences either. That's the other thing. We Mm -hmm. never hear of any significant consequences. And when you're a child and you try behavior like this and you don't, and there are no negative consequences, you never learn that this is not okay. Mm -hmm. And, like... I'm not saying that makes her a good person. It just means that, like, to me, it's understandable that even at 16, she thought it was fine and can be so blasé in the courtroom about, like, I mean, like, it was a prank. I've pulled pranks like this before. Like, the fool likes being laughed at. It's like, well, where would she have learned that that was not okay if no one ever implemented Mm -hmm. any consequences for her when she was younger? Right. And it doesn't, we don't read in the text of any significant consequences, for her behavior we know that people noticed it but we never read like you know she pulled up you know she stole all the white cloaks from the white tower and dyed them pink which is one of the things she did and i think that's kind of funny mm-hmm. um <laughs> like that is kind of like, funny i like that <laughs> but like it never says that she was punished in any way for it right it was it's, never like and so allison had her help to sew the new ones Right, the, you know, yes. and so and so she was, you know, made to join the washerwomen trying to get the stains out. You know, like there, there, uh-huh. and there's like easy ways you could punish a child for like this is the mess you made. This is how we're going to clean it up, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Or I mean, like, even the fact that she pulled multiple pl- pranks on this fool, and they kept letting her have access to him. Right, right. Just say, no like, one was ever like, maybe don't let Sarah around Tom Turnip if you yeah. don't want bad things. It's to like happen it's to him. like Tom Turnip is no, you're no longer, you are no longer allowed to interact with Tom Turner if he's for everyone else but you because you're a little dick. You know, yeah. nobody ever yeah. did. No, absolutely. Yeah. That's a really good point. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, if you would, if you can prove that you can be nice to Tom Turnip, then you can hang out with Tom Turnip. But like, yeah. until you prove that you can be nice to him and not be like play these mean pranks on him, like when when Jaharis is like, "Well, that's a cruel jape you played." I want to be like, "What about all the other times? Why is she only just now having you tell well, her that this is I, a bad thing and she shouldn't have done it?" I also think a big part of this is Jaharis's prudishness. Yeah. So I've, I mean, I've mentioned yeah. before. <laughs> I'm I'm picking up from the text from this read that our boy Jaharis is a little uncomfy with the sex talk. Uh-huh. And I think it makes him super uncomfortable to think about one of his kids being sexual in that way. Mm-hmm. Like, he's aware the other kids are having sex because they're having children and stuff like that. But he's like, they don't talk about it. Yep. And I think for him, 
particularly with how he's leaned more into the faith as he's gotten older, the idea of a brothel and the concept of, like, someone being, like, chased by, like, a dozen sex workers, Mm -hmm. like, is so embarrassing to him to even talk about. Yeah, and, oh, that, okay, so that's a really good point because also it happens in the street Mm -hmm. and people might have heard Jonah say that Sarah instigated it. Oh, yeah. And that oh. might also play into the, like, it looks bad for Jaharis if one of his daughters mm-hmm. is instigating this kind of horseplay in public. It's another mm-hmm. one of those, like, we cannot let anyone think that we are anything other than, like, perfectly heteronormative and perfectly within the bounds of the faith. Right, exactly. Oh, interesting. I hadn't thought about that. I didn't think about it until just now yeah. when you were talking about it being in public. I was like, oh, yeah. And if people knew that Sarah had told them to do this, mm-hmm. then that's another, like, weird kinky sex thing associated with Jaharis, and he can't he can't handle that. Mm-hmm. Um, before we move on to talk about some other things, I just want to say one other thing that I think might help explain what's going on with Sarah mm-hmm. is I do think that she might be looking up to Alyssa and thinking, yeah. if she can like sex, so can I. Mm-hmm. Except that she doesn't feel the need to do it within the bounds of fucking her brother. Well, you mentioned she doesn't have a brother to fuck. Right. But also, like, she feels like she doesn't have to wait to get married. That, like, you know, like, Alyssa mm-hmm. enjoyed having sex, and that was fine. Mm-hmm. Why can't I enjoy having sex? And I just want to have sex now. That should be fine for me. Yeah, and, and Alyssa was married so young to her brother that, like, mm-hmm. she was around the same age that Sarah is now. Right. Which is, like, a perfectly normal age to start having sexual experience. Right. So. Right. There are reasons why Alyssa would feel exempt from like i should have to i should only do it if i get married like again Mm -hmm. she's the targaryen princess she's Mm -hmm. been taught probably that she should be allowed to do kind of whatever she wants yeah and and has been allowed to do whatever she wants without any consequences Mm -hmm. it does not surprise me that when she feels like having sex she's like a i have a sister who likes having sex so that's fine liking having sex is fine Mm -hmm. for me as a targaryen also I can do things that other people can't and get away with it. Mm-hmm. Including, maybe, sex outside of marriage. If I want mm-hmm. it, I can probably do it and get away with it. Why should it be a problem? I've been able to do a bunch of other things and get away with it. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I could definitely say that's part of her psychology. I guess, so, I mean, we're, we're getting into sort of the psychology of Sarah. I have a couple theories mm-hmm. about, I have literally a couple theories about, um, her her psychology and i guess i guess we can get, kind of get into it now because it, mm-hmm. it kind of colors the rest of it so i like the interpretation that this this lens is the patriarchy painting her in a bad light in hindsight because they mm-hmm. because the maester knows what happens to her and he has to make her out to be very bad right right yep i think that's a very it's a good explanation i think that's one way you could tell the story um and it could be very valid and very interesting to watch. Mm-hmm. The other possibility is that Sarah is a sociopath. And she the reason I say that is my grandmother and my aunt on my mother's side, who are both dead now, thank God, um, were both sociopaths. Mm. And sociopathy is not actually that hard to identify. There's like if you Google it, there's like a list of like behaviors. Mm-hmm. And like um a lot of it's like self-pitying, lying. Um, antisocial behavior antisocial behavior cruelty uh, attention seeking behavior they're not things that are individually markers of sociopathy but it's like a it's like a constellation it's like a cluster of behaviors Mm -hmm. Um, 
One of which is actually uh, drug and alcohol use at a very young age is a marker of sociopathy. Oh, um, and yeah, it just says that she was getting drunk at like 12. Yeah. So my aunt um, began using alcohol when she was like 10. And she then was like a hard drug user for a long time throughout her teens. Um, and I knew her for a good portion of my life until she died. And she was a horrible person. Oh my God. She was awful. She lied constantly. She was, she, and so a lot of the descriptions of Sarah remind me of my aunt. And so that's the, that's the reason it kind of flagged for me. Cause I'm like, it could be that this is a patriarchy lens. A hundred percent. Absolutely could. It could also be that this person that we're reading about, uh, was a sociopath mm-hmm. and was manifesting those behaviors in this way mm. um both are interesting um i guess it would depend if you were bringing it to screen what point you were trying to make right you right. know uh and you know because i think that there's there's other targaryens that certainly have you know quote-unquote madness or uh behaviors like that as well so it's mm-hmm. not like it's impossible because I'm kind of like, I prefer the first version of it sort of being like, this is a more complex patriarchy kind of situation. Mm-hmm. I think that's more interesting. <clears throat> um, but women can be sociopaths too. You right. know, it's not all just violent men. Like, women can too. And I don't know, we have an example of a woman in the text who was up until mm-hmm. now. Um, right. We'll be able to talk later about Damon and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but... <clears throat> And of course, there's Magor the Cruel, which we've we've dissected. Uh, so those are kind of my two thoughts on how it could be portrayed. Yeah, I like that, and I think that there's a way to. I don't know that all of it has to be either or, and that's kind mm-hmm. of what I was trying to say. Like, I think there's like a third way through where like some of this is an exaggeration of the patriarchy, mm-hmm. some of this is sociopathy, and I think even within, if you want to, if you wanted to go that route, which I think makes a lot of sense, that like there's a way to say some of it might be that like sociopathy isn't entirely about nature mm-hmm. and i think that that's true in real life like mm-hmm. i think that i i also think that this is true if with people who are given the label sociopath in real life that like mm-hmm. some of it is the brain might be different in ways that we don't entirely understand mm-hmm. but also some of it might have to do with nurture with like what what like pieces mm-hmm. of childhood that lead you know that like elements of child- and that's that's what i find so interesting about sarah is mm-hmm. i feel like you can see both yeah like there are ways that she probably is psychologically different innately mm-hmm. from her siblings all because you know like we will see by sarah who's born around the same time has a complete is very different yes also very different mm-hmm. um so it's not all nurture. It's not all because of the environment she grew up in, because she's, she has two other siblings that are around the same age who are also very different. So it's mm-hmm. clearly not that. But also, some of it can be explained by the interaction of what we might call personality and innate characteristics with the environment that she was raised in. And both of those things are happening at the same time. Because mm-hmm. um, some of her like behavior responses, part of what I was getting into, is like some of these make sense to me. Like psychologically, a lot of them do. yeah, a lot of them do. Yeah, absolutely. The things that don't make sense to me are, are the cr- more cruel stuff. Yes, yes. There's no one around her that's demonstrating cruelty, mm-hmm. particularly. You right, know? especially personal targeted cruelty towards another, like tar- cruelty to another person. 
cruelty to another person who's weaker than you. Yep. Because she's cruel to a fool. Yeah, and to Diella. And to Diella. That's yeah, the other thing. Yeah, it says that, yeah. She, that she, was, she would sneak cats into Diella's bedchamber, um, filling Diella's chamber pots with bees. How like, did she even are... do that? How did you even get bees? <laughs> How do you fill a chamber pot with them and have them live there? Maybe they were dead. I don't know. Maybe they were dead bees, yeah. <laughs> Maybe they were dead bees. Um, like, that feel, that level of cruelty feels like it's out of the ordinary. The other pranks feel like acting out the, like, sne- you know, like, dyeing the white cloaks pink. Or stealing food. Um, but as you mentioned, it says before she was 11, she was stealing wine and ale instead. By 12, she was she was like as not to arrive drunk when summoned to the sept for prayer. Like mm-hmm. those, the cruelty and the substance abuse mm-hmm. are things that to me don't entirely make sense just as like a young child acting out. It, it reads very like The Bad Seed. You ever uh-huh. read that book? Um, there's a book and there's a movie also for The Bad Seed for anybody uh, who wants to watch it. Um, it's, it's a pretty good movie except for the end. Um but uh, it's a it's this kind of like concept of like having a child who is just bad without like mm-hmm. explanation, and I think most of the time there's a good explanation for mm-hmm. what children are doing, right? But there is also psychopathy behind people and mm-hmm. the you know the way their brains are, um, right? So yeah, I, I think I I like your interpretation that it's a it's a combination of things, mm-hmm. uh, and the 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 cruelty aspect of it. I mean, part of that could be being Part of that is being entitled, that it's, like, you don't see a fool as a person. Yep. As opposed to someone like Sansa Stark, who, like, saves, um... Mm-hmm. Dantos. Dantos. You know, because she's... Right, even though she's, you know, the Lady of Winterfell, and, and at that time is betrothed to the prince, is, is gonna be queen or whatever, she sees Dantos as a full human mm-hmm. who's deserving of protection, and that's some, someone she can use her power to protect. Sarah uses her power to torture uh, mm-hmm. the fool. And for just, like, for, for shits and giggles, apparently. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess the other option is that this is all fucking made-up shit that right. the maester came up with later. But it's like, what? I don't know, that kind of reading is sort of boring. It's like, okay, so then it's just, he's totally unreliable and we can throw this all out the window, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I, yeah I, think it, I think it is more interesting for her as a character if she's complicated. Yeah, yeah. If, if she's not, like, a pure innocent just besmirched by the patriarchy... Mm. for wanting sex and so they make up all the stuff about her but also not like born bad and evil mm-hmm. you know which is like the maester um i think wants us to believe that she's just like born bad mm-hmm. and that like i don't know sometimes you get just like a like a person who's just bad and there was nothing we could have done about it well when and the targaryens think- are born they flip the gods flip a coin and sometimes the coin flip is is evil and this is this one yeah, right. that's what and I wants. find it much more interesting if, like, she's not inherently an evil person or even necessarily a bad person, but, like, mm-hmm. you know, there's some combination of, yeah, like, she's making bad choices mm-hmm. and hurtful and cruel choices, and that tells us something about who she is as a person that, like, when given free reign, makes those choices. Mm-hmm. There's, like, uh, there's a really good book. Oh shoot! I forgot the name of it. It's it's either the sociopath among us or the sociopath in us all, or something along those lines. It's like a relatively recent. It came out when I was in was came must come out within the last ten years or so um, that I read um, about uh, about sociopathy basically, um, and a, it estimates the estimation is that about four percent of the population would, would could be classified as sociopaths. 
the vast majority of which are perfectly fine people. Yeah. There's like they're not there's not any issue. You know, you mm-hmm. have a person who just has those character traits and they live a perfectly normal life or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um and that that has to do with nurture. <clears throat> that has to deal with like what's going on around them. And then you get a sociopath right. who's like, you know, um Charles Manson and you put him in and out of the juvenile court system for his entire life and he's got no stability and he's living in poverty and he becomes uh, a cult leader you know that that's that kind of thing where it's like you like a a regular brain in that circumstance would probably not become a cult leader that leads to mass murder right like you it's kind of the combination of things um Though the carceral state is very bad, though I do still stand by my statement that D and D should spend some time in jail. Uh, anyway, <laughs> right, right, yeah, that like it's it's which is to say it's tricky, it's complicated. Right. There's like there's no like you can't there you can rarely ever just say this is the reason why someone is so bad. And if we exactly. and if we find ourselves doing that, like we're probably wrong. Like, and that's what the maester does. He's yes. just like she is. She's bad. She's just bad. Bad, bad seed. Don't like it. Um, yeah, and, you know, whether or not any of the other Targaryen children might have sociopathic tendencies, we might not know, because they might, you know, like, Mm -hmm. I am not saying this is true, but, like, what if it was Aemon? But what if Aemon was ninth born? Mm, Yeah. And Mm -hmm. was neglected. You know, like, Mm -hmm. like you, like you were just saying, like, you get, Mm -hmm. you get, like, a, like, a Manson cult leader not mm-hmm. just because of what's happening in the brain, but also because what happens when you put someone with that kind of brain under the circumstances that they are in. Yep. Exactly. You know? So, like, if I said, like, and I think that even Septim, but, like, Septim Barth kind of, like, recognizes a bit of this when he says that if, that if Sarah had been the only child or one of, like, had been one of the older children or an only child, things might have turned out differently. Yep. That I think Septim Barth, re- and I think that that is, Martin is kind of giving us clues that also some of this is, is because this particular person with this particular kind of, you know, whether or not brain, but like this particular person was put in circumstances mm-hmm. that brought out the worst parts mm-hmm. of who they are. I think it'll be very similar when we get later into Damon. And like we've seen Damon Targaryen mm-hmm. in House of the Dragon to an extent. Right. If so I think I think this could probably crop up with a lot of the men in the Targaryen line uh-huh. who are in positions of power. Where these kinds of feelings and behaviors would not be seen as bad, mm-hmm. you know, um, they'd be seen as being strong and being, you know, lusty and and being all the you know those mm-hmm. terrible words that they use. Um, or if you had a boy acting out like this, like physically acting out against other people, you send him to the training yard. You tell him to beat people up with his with a training. Sword. Exactly. Exactly. You just redirect that impulse. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I think I think Damon's a good example of. Uh, someone with similar traits who's mm-hmm. also disempowered by being a second son. Mm-hmm. So, so this is something just to put a pin in for when we come back um, in the future to Damon and his behavior versus Sarah's behavior and, right. and how they're acting out. The fact that Sarah's version of acting out is sexual because the patriarchy says she can't. Mm-hmm. Whereas like Damon also goes to, like the brothels and whatever, but nobody's like, shipping him off to the silent sisters you know they're like yeah whatever damon goes to the brothels yeah yeah um, men's got needs what are you gonna do what are you gonna do? Yeah. the dude's gotta the dude's gotta fuck yeah so it's, 
that's that's what everybody says. It's totally fine. Ugh, mm-hmm. fucking sexism. Anyway. Yep. Um, Sarah is bisexual. We talked a little bit about this. Uh-huh. Um, Probably Polly. You can't tell me that these kids weren't playing together. I was gonna say, I think that's like that's like <laughs> the cutest little polyamorous like polycule. Like that's that's lovely. That's In, lovely. Like, the sloppy teenage way. We're like, this is not like healthy emotional connecting and communicating this is just kids fucking each other probably together you know what sometimes that's what you gotta do Mm -hmm. that's what you gotta do also the maester and her parents are so judgy of her friends oh my god this is the first time yeah they're like he's like they're they're stupid and vapid and yes it's like they seem perfectly fine they're just like they didn't go over the ground rules of like don't tell the queen about our sexy time normal teenagers but they're yeah. so judge like everyone is so judgmental of these kids mm. um smart but not wise is what they you know sarah gets called mm-hmm. smart but not wise a lot yeah he, um and this is the maester perianne and lady alice were pretty vapid empty-headed little fools like he has to say that he has to, he can't say they were women making choice. sexual yes. choices for themselves like he yes. can't he can't yep Ugh. But it's awful. I, it's, it's like, yeah. But like, it's almost like that sort of language is so blatantly biased, though, uh-huh. that I kind of think like Martin's almost like, hey, like a red flag. Like, hey, do you see? Uh-huh. Do you see the bias? Hello. Yep. It's sexism. Yep. Yes. <laughs> have, you, have you heard of misogyny? <laughs> um, so now we have the incident at the Blue Pearl. Mm-hmm. Um, one other thing I wanted to bring up about... This is 84 AC. So mm-hmm. this happens in 84. A couple of okay. other things happening that year or around this. This is two years after Dayella has died in childbirth, which mm-hmm. tore the heart out of the queen. So mm-hmm. um, Alisanne probably not spending a lot of attention with her other children because mm-hmm. she's probably pretty devastated and angry and feeling a mm-hmm. lot of things. So um, if there was already neglect... There would probably be even more mm-hmm. because Alisanne is grieving. And we know that Jaharis, when he grieves, he just gets into projects. Yep. He's so he's probably, probably focusing mm-hmm. on his roads or something. Yeah. Yep. Building some more roads. Um, this is the same year that Alyssa and Aegon die. Mm. 84 AC. We don't know the relationship of them to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but I immediately was like, has anyone thought maybe about what grief might look like in a mm-hmm. neglected teenage girl whose yep. two of her siblings have died recently? Yep. Alyssa, especially, very likely being someone she looked up to and wanted to emulate, mm-hmm. just died. Yeah. Like, and her baby died, too. Like, a baby died. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Right? And so I'm looking at this and going, oh, that's another layer of complexity to what's happening here. And, like, no mm-hmm. one brings it up. But it effect- it impacts both her and potentially what's happening with Jaharis and Alisanne. Yeah. And, I mean, if she, if if Sarah recently started having sex with these three guys, mm-hmm. you know, is that a reaction to right. grief and loss? Right. You know, right. Ser- searching for a love anywhere mm-hmm. that she can get it. Searching for fulfillment, something to, to distract from that mm-hmm. sadness that makes sense that makes a lot of sense yeah i didn't realize those things all happened 
this close this close together that makes sense i didn't think of it the first time i read the book and it was this time mm-hmm. pretty like mostly because we've been trying to keep track of years that i realized mm-hmm. like oh 84 ac we just mentioned 84 ac in the previous episode oh that's what mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all of this is happening around the same time and the maester mm-hmm. doesn't connect them but we can look at all of these events and go huh yeah she's a teenage girl who's like older sister two of her older two sisters older sisters yeah just died um hmm. both in childbirth so both about sex but like mostly yeah like if if they both died and her parents are grieving in their own ways jaharis by going off and doing projects and alisanne by well even the fact that they're grieving if alisanne was like if her heart truly was like torn out by the death of Dayella, and she's like heavy in grief yeah if sarah's like you've never given me any fucking attention yep and yeah, would you be this sad if I died? Right, she's dead now, and you're giving her more attention in death than uh-huh. you give me on a, on the reg. Like, that could be really, like, really devastating. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, like really sad. Yeah, know? yeah, and then it makes sense that, like you said, she's looking for love with the, where she can find it, and right mm-hmm. now that's with her friends. Yeah. And it involves sex, because they're all horny teenagers. Seems very normal L- to me. Listeners who can't see us, but both Gretchen and I immediately just shrug our shoulders. We're like, yeah. <laughs> What's the big deal here? Uh, the big deal is the patriarchy. The big deal is the patriarchy. Um, I love the moment that they find Perianne and Alice sleeping together. And I'm like, oh, look, girlfriends. Just they were bedmaids. Bed. They were bedmaids, bed Gretchen. <laughs> yep. Um... And Alice ending to talk to them. Jaharis would never, like, literally would never think to talk to the girls. The only reason this happens is because Alisanne's like, women have thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> and Jaharis is like, oh, right, yes, women. Mm-hmm. They, they do have thoughts, don't they? Right. Um, oh. It, I have to have, okay, so, page, another, another moment. Patriarchy. Mm-hmm. The fact that this began as an investigation into a prank, but it's ultimately about Sarah's sexuality is just mm-hmm. like of course ultimately this is about controlling female sexuality of course like as soon what else as, would it be about gretchen I don't as, know. as soon as jaharis and allison find out that sarah's had sex it's almost like the incident at the blue pearl doesn't matter anymore yeah that like what matters is that she had sex it's also just, I mean, it's the whole thing is weird to me that they even bother investigating the Blue Pearl thing because, like, okay, so, like, let's say all they found out was that it was originally Sarah's idea. Mm-hmm. What were they going to do? Right. Like, what mm-hmm. does it matter? Like, who cares if it was originally Sarah's idea? She yeah. wasn't there. She didn't actually make them do it. I mean, she had good points initially when she came to the throne room. She was like, I said that as a joke. I didn't think they'd really do it, you know? Uh-huh. These dummies just went ahead and did it on their own. That's... It's, it's like what was the you know like it did, it was a weird thing for them to be looking into in the first place it does do you have thoughts about why they might have been looking into it i think your explanation makes the most sense that that he the one guy mentioned sarah in public and like the guards heard it and reported back and that jaharis and, and allison too were concerned that sarah's name you know one of the princess's names could be tied to this brothel mm-hmm. and they didn't you know in the same way that when um, Rhaenyra has her night out on the town with Uncle Damon, you know, Viserys is concerned because she was seen. She wasn't seen doing anything. Then nobody reports back and is like, you know, she was naked and everyone has pictures on their phone of it, you know. But it's just like the fact that she was like associated with like a sex house. Yeah. That's, that's the best explanation, uh, I think, 
for the Frigid Harris being interested in this. Mm-hmm. Tied in yeah. with his prudishness. Yeah, because I have, yes, I agree, because I have this sneaking suspicion that if Jonah Mooton, Mooton hadn't said that it had been Sarah's idea, mm-hmm. that they this, dropped it. this probably would have blown over. It probably mm-hmm. just would have been like, you know, they would have been sent to sober up, been, you know, finger wagged about don't be mean to the fool. Mm-hmm. That was very, very naughty of you, lords, mm-hmm. to be mean to someone. Don't ever do it again. And and it would have gone away. Like they, I don't think they would have been dragged before Jaharis for mm-hmm. teasing Tom, for like pulling a prank on Tom Turnip if Sarah hadn't been mentioned. Like that just exactly. doesn't make sense to me that that would happen. Again, loose lips sink ships. Don't fucking snitch. <laughs> don't talk to the cops. Get a lawyer. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> say nothing. Say if nothing. You're caught. Say nothing. I do think that um, Sarah, if she had played it cooler, could have probably gotten mm-hmm. away with it. Yeah, like when she went to the throne room, if she had been like, I literally don't know anything about this, and if yeah. her parents were like, they said all these things, and she's like, I literally don't know why they said that because I I'm not I haven't been involved, uh-huh. like, you know, right? Like I think she could have, like if she really <clears throat> stuck to her guns and like put on a convincing face, she could have uh, convinced them, mm-hmm. but she's not a good liar, right? But the I mean. Alisanne does threaten her because she goes in and then like um they talk about the incident of the blue pearl and then mm-hmm. the queen says like are you aware that Alice is with child and then Sarah's like oh really what mm-hmm. um what a dumb what a dumb thing to do mm-hmm. what my sweet little fool mm-hmm. um and then the ma and then Alisanne says like lie to us again and it will and it will go very much the worst for you your three lords are in the dungeon you ought to know and what you say next may determine where you sleep tonight that like mm-hmm. i think she tried to play it cool and alisanne just was having none of it and was like i think if she kept playing cool mm-hmm. like if she kept being like i really genuinely don't know what you're talking about like yeah. and if she had been like we always have servants around us you know, like, if she had leaned into these things that they already thought, you know, I don't know. I, I think she could have yeah, I think she could danced have been her like, way through a bit. But Yeah, I mean, well, if they were having sex with the men, that doesn't mean that I was. And what a silly right. thing for them to do. And, like, mm-hmm. yeah, she could have tried. I think you're right. Yeah, that if she had had more, if she hadn't melted down. Right, exactly. Which she but did. The, like, the meltdown is such, it's such a well-written passage because oh, it's so... so it's so what, like, a young, immature person would say. Mm-hmm. You know, like, they're panicking. They're trying to get themselves out of it. They're throwing every thought they have at the wall. And they're just like, one of these. You gotta take, you gotta take one. I'm sorry, uh-huh. it wasn't my fault. They made me do it. But also, I wanted to do it. But also, I should be able to do it because I'm a princess. But also, it didn't even happen. But it did. But I was forced. But I wasn't forced. But I'm afraid. Like, I'll just mm-hmm. the panic with which that is, like, I'm, what, I think it's generally one of Martin's best passages. Yep. Like, yeah. it's, it's just very, very well done. Yeah. It's clearly, like, the the meltdown of someone who has been caught, mm-hmm. finally caught, and is potentially facing punishment for something mm-hmm. that they don't, they don't, you like, deep down she doesn't believe she should be punished for it, which, like, I understand why, because yeah, she's- Yeah, I don't she's think she the, should be punished for either, yeah. She's the daughter of the ruling, of the ruling family. She should be able to fuck people if she wants sex positivity. Um, as long as the sex is consensual go for it right right but also like 
up to this point, so far as we know, she's been able to get away with every, with every other way that she's acted out. Yeah. And so this meltdown makes sense as someone who's like actually facing consequences and therefore For the like first doesn't time. doesn't mm-hmm. know what the right thing to say is to get out of it because the thing she's used to doing hasn't worked. Mm-hmm. But yep, like exactly when I see this interaction of her just kind of being nonchalant and like. I'm like, oh, that's probably how Sarah handled all of this. This is probably how Sarah got away with all of the stuff she's gotten away with. Mm-hmm. And she's finally not getting away with it. And her brain is just like, ah, ah, ah. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to say. So if I say all of it, maybe something will stick. Maybe mm-hmm. one of these things is the right thing to say to make me not get in trouble mm-hmm. for this thing. That like you and I agree, she should not get in trouble for. She should mm-hmm. have gotten in trouble for some of the other things. Not and this it- though. What's interesting, too, is that, like, this reaction, and this is why I keep coming back to, like, this the sociopath kind of behavior, the kind of reaction to just keep lying, just mm-hmm. keep digging that grave, uh-huh. is not not necessarily a sociopath thing, but is a sociopath thing um, of just, like, and I encounter this, like, with, with my clients, like, I'm, I'm a criminal defense attorney, so people get charged with crimes for all kinds of reasons, a lot of it's circumstantial, societal, class, Poverty, there's all kinds mm-hmm. of reasons. A certain percentage of my clients are sociopaths. They are people that just lie. And mm-hmm. they, that they're not good liars, but they just lie continuously. I mean, I've had people look me in the face and tell me things that I'm like, I know that's not true. And they just continue to like double down and double down. This kind of meltdown is the sort of thing I see mm-hmm. in like police interrogations when someone is confronted yeah. and they just double down on it and they're like no no this is what happened this and then they add and add and add and they just like ruin it for themselves mm-hmm. um you should never talk to the police again no talking to the police ask for a lawyer um but it's it's the kind of thing because like, if she had told the truth like let's say sarah had gone to the courtroom and of the court and said um that, you know she was confronted and she said okay listen yeah we all we all had sex with each other we wanted to it was you know i was sad because of Dayella's death and then I was sad because of Alyssa's death mm-hmm. and this is how I found comfort and I didn't I didn't feel that I could I wasn't getting attention from either of you and mm-hmm. I you know I found love where I could they would have been a lot more sympathetic mm-hmm. you know right. than they ended up being mm-hmm. and they still certainly would have been mad because of the whole maidenhead thing and yep. fucking purity culture and the patriarchy um, but they she would have been taken uh more seriously i think mm-hmm. and would have been treated better i think by both of her parents if that had yeah. been the case yeah yeah because after all of this the fact that jaharis is like wait are you not a virgin right of all of this he's like wait a oh minute my God. just jaharis just fuck off the worst the um, not not oh. father of the year no not the also, conciliator also really funny to me that mm-hmm. like I feel like Alison, as soon as she found out what happened, you know, once she talked to Perianne and Alice was like, oh, yeah, Sarah totally fucked these guys, too. There's no yeah. way that they that like they that like the two girls did and Sarah didn't. Like, I'm yeah. sure Alison immediately knew, like, oh, yeah, whatever. It seems funny to me that Jaharis doesn't realize that till he's till this meltdown. He's like, wait, is, wait, did you have you fucked? And I just want to be like, oh, sweet. Like, OK, also, sweet baby. Yes, of course she did. Oh, I would what love to see. What did you think happened? I would love to see Jaharis on the Iron Throne 
And Allison's like on the throne next to him, wherever they put her next. They put her somewhere near him in the, in the throne room. And just him going, wait, did you fuck? And Alisanne's face just being like, yes, she did. Like, just like, just like, yeah, covering her eyes. Like, ugh. Why? I mean, that's why we're here, isn't it? I, yeah. I thought it was clear to you when I told you what happened with the other girls. And this right. <laughs> um, as much as I'm upset that, like, that's what he zeroes in on, it is also very funny to me that he didn't figure it out till now. Yeah. Oh, um, my God. And the I I all I genuinely kind of love Sarah's response precisely because of how much I hate Viserys' reaction. Yes. That he's like, the thing that matters is whether or not you're a virgin. And she's like, no. Sure yeah. not. Sure. Nope. I fucked all of them. Yep. What do you want from me, Dad? And she's yes, like, and she's yes like, I had boys- sex. Boys are such silly fools. Boys are such silly fools. I was able to trick these three men into thinking I was a virgin. Just like I was able to keep tricking you. You, yeah. Into thinking I was a virgin. Yikes, Sarah. Yikes. Fucking go (laughs) in. Go in, girl. Yes. Drag him. (laughs) Fucking yes. I do love that. I do love that. Mm -hmm. And... I, I imagine the satisfaction that gave Sarah a lot of satisfaction to say. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, yep. Um, and like, you know, yes, he's really upset about it. Um, and then like, again, like I just like her reaction was like, what do you, you know? You're very proud of yourself. I see. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what do you imagine will happen now? And like her response is really reasonable. Yeah. You're probably marry me off. Yeah. Um, everyone else has been married, um, at my age, you know, like you were married at my age. Everyone else has like, I got three guys here. All of them would marry me. Yeah. Right. Um, also why can't I just, you know, like her reaction of like, why can't I just marry all of them? Mm-hmm. It's like other people have said that too. So this is interesting uh-huh. because she mentions the plural marriage thing. Yep. And she compares yeah. herself first to the Conquerors, then to Magor. Uh-huh. And Jaehaerys gets big mad yeah. at her talking about the plural marriage. Yep. Yes. Again, so we saw this a few sections ago with Lucamore having multiple yes. wives. He gets upset about the concept of the plural marriage. I think, again, this goes back to him getting closer with the faith mm-hmm. and him really trying to distance the Targaryens from multiple spouses Mm -hmm. because he knows the kind of shit that went down just to get the incest approved Mm -hmm. and he knows the multiple the plural wives plural husbands would never Mm -hmm. would never work and yeah and he knows the faith is against it yeah because her response is basically like targaryen exceptionalism and he's like it doesn't work like that he's like we're all we're not that exceptional (laughs) only incest is exceptional there's there's a limit on how exceptional we are (laughs) Um, and, like, Jaehaer- yeah, Jaharis gets big mad. And I think you're right to point out that, like, part of why he's mad is the idea of plural marriage and her saying, like, well, Magor did it. And he's like, mm-hmm. fuck Magor. Anything that mm-hmm. Magor does is wrong. Um. Yep. It's bad. It's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. And then, um, before our girl Sarah tries to escape, Alisanne's, like, trying to smooth things over with Jaharis. And she, she made a really good point. She's like, you forgave 
Rovar, I attempted treason three times, Baratheon. Uh-huh. And you helped him, like, finish killing his brother and shit. And, like, you forgave him. He right. literally tried to do treason. Many mm -hmm. times. And, but this is our daughter. You can't forgive her for, like, fucking? Like, come on. Yep. Yep. And she, like, mm -hmm. brings up a bunch of stuff that he's forgiven. And it's like, yeah, Jaharis, what's the issue, honey? What's mm -hmm. the problem? You just really, like, what, and, like, what do you, like, what do you think? Like, what is his issue with uh -huh. Sarah specifically and, like, this expression of female sexuality? Because he knows women are sexual. He has sex with his wife all the time. She had 13 children. He has sex mm -hmm. with her all the time. Yeah. You know? And I imagine Allison is not, like, I don't think Allison hates having sex with him. I think they have probably a good sexual relationship based on the way they are with each other. Mm -hmm. So, like, what's his deal? With all this. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've talked about how he's really squeamish about anything with the fit. Anything that might... Like, I do think that, you know, you're, you've brought up that he does seem really squeamish about sex in general. And that mm -hmm. seems... That... I feel like that's coming up here, too. Because I do yeah. think that, like, there is just a general level of, like... I don't really want to deal with sex stuff. Mm -hmm. I, it just makes me feel weird to, yeah. to deal with sex things. Mm -hmm. Um, I, part of this has got to be, like, about power. That, mm -hmm. like, sex, that, like, whether he's aware of it or not, I don't even know how much of this is conscious, because it doesn't have to be. Mm -hmm. Um, that, like, if a woman has sexual freedom, she is essentially free from control. Hmm. And yeah, yeah. Under patriarchy. Mm -hmm. That like, um, women cannot be perceived of as having sexual agency mm -hmm. under patriarchy. Um, I think not even Targaryen women can have mm -hmm. sexual agency. Um, like part of it, like I just, I end up falling back on partly because it's, it's, there's not, I don't know how else to explain it. It's just like, this is just such deeply embedded patriarchy brain that like Jaharis cannot see beyond, even with Targaryen exceptionalism about incest, like he cannot, he still buys enough of the, like so much of the patriarchy that like the idea of women having sexual agency and sexual freedom is like, is such a deep threat to him in ways that I don't even think he would be aware of. I don't even yeah. think he would know why. He would just be like, this This is really bad and it feels wrong. And, like, we can't even let our own daughter, like. I agree. I think this is almost all subconscious to him. Like, he yeah. just he just feels the anger and the, he feels the anger and the threat and maybe the fear. But he doesn't, yep. you know, he doesn't have cognitive behavioral therapy. He can't figure out what exactly it is, you uh -huh. know. Um, I wonder also if part of it is that it's, sec not only is it's like, sexy stuff, which he's uncomfortable with, but it's his mm -hmm. child. Yeah. And even in, like, our modern world, like, it's weird to think about, like, your parents having sex. It's like, ugh. And it's weird mm -hmm. to think about your kids having sex. It's supposed to be weird because you're not supposed to be wanting those people that are close relations to you. Right. In, in a sexual capacity. Except the Targaryens do. Mm-hmm. And we don't have examples of Targaryen, like, parents and children. But we have examples of full-blood siblings. And we have an uncle and a niece. Uncle with and niece. And Magor. Mm-hmm. 
And I'm sure there's other ones in the Targaryen history as well. Cousins all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, family members are not totally off limits to Targaryens. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if any of it comes from like a discomfort with the mm-hmm. fact that like not only is his daughter being sexual, but like is she beautiful and attractive? Is he confusingly attracted to her? Is she now a sexual object? You know? I don't know. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting that he br- that he brings up Aria as well. Like, mm-hmm. that's, that's the fear behind whether or not she would get Valerion. Yeah. Yep. It's like... Um, which intrigues me because, like... Mmm. Mmm. Thought. I don't know how much this works. But Aria was the heir before Jaehaerys. Yes. Okay. Could he be afraid that if she were to gain independent independence, part of gaining independence is not being married. Mm-hmm. And Fucking people without being married is a sign of one's own independence in this way that mm-hmm. in the way that men are independent. Men are allowed to fuck whoever they want before getting married. But like women mm-hmm. are their sexuality is constrained to marriage and it is a, it is part of patriarchal control. Right. And a sign of their um being in a lower caste than men mm-hmm. is the fact right. that like their sexuality is constrained in this way. Mm-hmm. So Sarah acting the way men do, having right. independent sexual agency, is a sign of her independence. If mm-hmm. she were to claim a dragon, mm. any dragon, much less Balerion, the ancient symbol of Targaryen power, mm-hmm. might he be afraid of her becoming a challenge to inheritance? Mm. Yeah. I mean, she could challenge the whole system. Yep. If she basically said, fuck this system. I yeah. have a dragon. Yeah. Yeah. I can act the way men do. I can, I can fuck whoever I want. I can take the most powerful dragon, and I might even try and take over. I mean, the fact that she flees to Essos, ultimately. Mm-hmm. Maybe that was her plan, was to grab Beleriand and flee to Essos. Yes! And establish her own dragon kingdom. Yeah, I, I got very little sense that Sarah, like, wants to be the queen. Mm-hmm. You know, in the way that, um, that you know, Reyna wanted... You know, Reyna mm-hmm. and Aria, even Aria herself, wanted, you know, because she was told that she was the heir to, to the Iron Throne for a really long time, and then it was taken away from her. Mm-hmm. Um, that, like, um, yeah, I haven't really gotten a sense that Sarah, like, was wanted to depose the Targaryen monarchy. Mostly it just felt like she wanted to be able to do whatever she wanted. Right, exactly. So it's like if she had taken, she could if she had successfully taken Balerion, she could have gone exactly where she went. And just taken over that area. Not uh, to have, like, a kingdom exactly, but to to be powerful and to right, be free. But, but any dragon that is not under in, not in Westeros is not under his control. Right, exactly. That's what I was like. You're saying, would she be a threat? Yeah. yeah. Oh, hugely. She could set hugely. up a power base. She could set up her own power. If she had mm-hmm. a dragon, any dragon, but especially Balerion... Even mm-hmm. if she did not directly challenge right away, she could flee and set up a power base elsewhere. And I think this fits with, and I like this because I'm realizing as we're talking, it fits with Jaehaerys' obsession with the dragon eggs. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Jaharis is also obsessed with making sure that every dragon is under Targaryen control and not just under Targaryen control, but ultimately under his control. Right. Exactly. What's the Westerosi Targaryen control? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And a dragon, a person with a dragon who is not based in Westeros is by default, is like not under his control. Right. Exactly. So I think that, I think there might be some level that he is threatened not just by her sexual agency, but what her sexual agency implies. Meaning right. that she could become someone who could develop power outside of his control. Mm-hmm. In a way that he would feel threatened by. She She's becoming a, a sexy, spooky lady. Yes! Yes, That's she's on her thing. way! She's on her way to being a sexy, spooky lady. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I could see all of that kind of being being part of it. And I think if you scripted this for the screen, if you had the right actors, yeah, that could be conveyed. Mm-hmm. You know, those things could be conveyed easily. Right. Right. You know. Oh, oh I love that. Mm-hmm. This is another adaptation. I think in, I think if, if they did like an adaptation where it was like 10 episodes and each episode was someone different, I think an epi- you could do Sarah's story in one episode. Yep. I think an episode on Sarah would be fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, so the yeah, consequences. Yeah, because it would explain why, why he gets mad. Not just that she escapes, but I think the manner of her. I think that if she had escaped and, like, tried to make it to a ship rather than the mm-hmm. dragon pit or had, like, taken a horse and ridden away, mm-hmm. I don't know if he would have gotten the same level of upset. I agree. I completely that, agree. Like, the, like, the, like, the level of upset. Because like, he, like, freaks the fuck out. Because he's, mm-hmm. like, ready to forgive her. And then, like, she tries to get to the dragon pit. And then it says, Alison wept when she heard, for she knew her cause was hopeless. Jaharis yep. was hard as stone. Sarah with the dragon was all he had to say. Would she have taken Balerion as well, I wonder? Like, that, like, he's terrified of her with the dragon. Mm-hmm. And if she had tried to, I think that if she had tried to escape any other way, it might not have sealed her fate the same way that trying to take a dragon does. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Ugh. So then the consequences of all this, um, you know, like, they married off the other women as best they could. That's fine. That makes sense. Um, we and talked about Red Roy. You Red brought that Roy. up. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's, that's Red Roy's baby. That totally is. Mm-hmm. Uh, the trial by combat. <sighs> okay. I want to talk about Jaharis. What the fuck, dude? Like, the description. Oh, my gosh. Uh, <laughs> trees that he can forgive you sleeping with his daughter not so much like we cannot have you spreading bro. tales about my daughter though so we mean to take your tongue and your nose as well i think so you may not find the maids quite so easy to beguile you are far too proud of your skill with sword and lance so we will take that away from you as well we shall break your arms and legs and my maesters will make you certain that they heal crookedly you will live the rest of your life as your sorry life as a cripple what the fuck Yep. Jaharis the conciliator, everybody. Yep. <laughs> this sounds so conciliatory, Gretchen. What's the problem? <laughs> no wonder he could not get a treaty signed when Alisanne was up north. <laughs> what kind of I, things? This is how Jaharis reacts. Oh I, what God. I love though is the fact that he, the fact that he, um, fights. Uh, what's the kid's name? Not Splinter. Stinger. Uh, Stinger. There we go. I was gonna call him Splinter. That wasn't right. The fact that he fights Stinger himself reminds me of a dad who's, like, mad. And he's like, I'm going to beat the shit out of you. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it's, like, it's risky because he's, like, in his 40s. 
And um, Stinger is 19 and a very good swordsman, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so it really was a risk. And Alice Sand even said, like, I'm not going to come watch because I don't want to see you die. Yeah. Yeah. There was no. Bam. It was not guaranteed that Jaharis would win. Can you imagine? Oh my god, if Stinger Oh my had god, won. if Stinger had won? Oh my god. Oh. What what would have I mean, I guess he would have been allowed to go free. Right? Because that's As what happens. Ki- you win your trial by combat. Yeah. That, that means the gods have deemed you right. Could you imagine? Oh my god, if he killed the fucking king of Westeros in trial by combat. Allison would have been like, I fucking told you. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It would have, like, yeah, that would have been fucking Because, like, like I, I think about, like, if I was in that position, I had the choice to, to be, like, horribly mutilated or, like, trial by combat where I might die. My, mm-hmm. honestly, my biggest concern isn't even the I might die portion. It's the, what if I live? What if yeah. I win? Mm-hmm. Then, then what? I'm killing the beloved king of Westeros. I'd be so fucked. Yeah. Like you like I'd be dead within a fortnight if that happened. Like there's no way nope. that you could go on living after that. Mm-mm. Yep. Yeah, so why do you think Jaharis wanted to fight? Cuz he could he could have cuz cuz masculine, he's so tough. Okay. Cuz like the this the whole torture thing feels like a setup. That like he wants mm. Stinger to choose trial by combat. Yeah. I which agree. is why it's like, well, I could either torture you painfully and, mm-hmm. you know, break all of your limbs and mutilate your face mm-hmm. or trial by combat. Like if like it's cake or death. Yeah, it's like, cake if, or if, death. If familiar with Eddie Izzard and her joke about cake or death. Like he's going yeah. cake or death. And like of course of course Steve is gonna choose cake and the cake is trial by combat. Like I, you know what it is? I think what Jaharis wanted was to put him to death. But he couldn't. Yeah. He couldn't punish that with death, you know? Uh-huh. Uh, so the closest he could get was tricking him into trial by combat. Yeah. Right, and, right. Because I get, yeah. yeah, I get the sense reading this that, like, he didn't just want him to pick trial by combat. But, like, Jaharis knew, like, had decided ahead of time, I'm going to make him fight me. And I'm going to make him fight me. Not just trial by combat, but, like, I want to kill this fucker. Right, yeah. And so I will trick him into trial by combat, and I am definitely going to be the one who fights. Yes. Yeah, I think that's what it, He wanted an execution, and he couldn't just order it outright. I like okay. that. Yeah, I like that, too. I like your theory. Because yeah. I was sitting here going, why the, like... Why? Well, I like your theory that he tricked him into it by being like, I could do horrible mutilation or this. Right, you yeah. You know, that's... Because that's really aren't the only two options. There's lots of other ways to be punished. Right. You know? Yeah, and he even lists them. He's like, you're too good for the wall. Like, he's like, I could send you to the wall, but, like, no. Like, he, he rules out a bunch of other things. Like, again. So what does he do with the other guys? He One of them chooses exile. What happens? And the other one is, the other one just gets married. Yes. Jonah marries Perianne. They just get married. It's fine. Sarah slept with all three. Yep. So then why? What's the issue with Stinger? Like, yeah, why does Stinger get singled out for maybe this he's particular? The oldest? Maybe because he's the oldest? Yeah. That's a really good question. Sarah does also give this description where she's talking about them, and she says the other two are in love with her. And she said, Stinger's not in love with me, but he does make me laugh and sometimes makes me scream. Uh-huh. And I always was like, ooh. 
Don't tell your dad that. <laughs> yeah, you don't know, honey. No, don't that's tell t- your that's dad TMI. That. Yeah, especially yeah. your prudish dad. Don't tell your prudish dad that like yeah. some dude makes you scream. Yeah. So maybe that's why. Maybe because maybe Singer was the sexiest. I don't know. Yeah, like in his mind was the worst offender, be- precisely because Sarah enjoyed fucking him the most. Hmm. Um. Yeah, because it is weird to me that, like, yeah, she had she admitted to having sex with all three of them. Mm-hmm. But even Red Roy doesn't get treated like this because he yeah. refuses to marry Alice. Like, it seems like the, the, the initial plan would have been Perianne marries Jonah, Red Roy marries Alice, Alice mm-hmm. and then Stinger gets trial by combat with the king. <laughs> They should have just let Stinger marry Sarah. It would have been fine. Mm-hmm. They already like to fuck. Come on. It's right. Something. But I, but that, and that's the thing. I wonder if he would have felt like that was not enough of a punishment. Probably. For Sarah I think also, to marry him. He also seems to interpret, they seem to interpret Stinger as the kind of the ringleader of this. Uh-huh. In order to lighten the load on how much to blame Sarah. Mm. Because I really think Sarah was the ringleader of this. I agree. Yep. And if there was a second in command, maybe it was Stinger. Just because he's the oldest. Uh-huh. But she was really the ringleader of this little posse. Uh-huh. You know? I just had a thought. I just had a oh. thought. Oh my gosh. Uh-huh. So, Stinger has multiple bastards. Yes. Maybe some of this was about... Uh, Jaharis's feelings about men who take multiple partners. Oh, yeah. Another like yes. outsized overreaction to the mm-hmm. idea of someone who takes, you know, because we know that he's got like two bastards, mm-hmm. potentially three, because at this point they don't know that Alice isn't pregnant with his bastard, right? So he could huh. have three. And, like, I just realized that this is kind of similar to what happened to Luca Moore Strong. Yeah. That yeah, big, big, big reaction that Jaharis mm-hmm. had to Luca Moore Strong having multiple wives. Mm-hmm. That here is your – and that's that's what makes Stinger worse. That's what mm-hmm. makes him stand out from these other two men is that he is known to have multiple bastards mm, yes. jonah and red roy might have them but they're not known but it is mm-hmm. known that stinger has fathered multiple children on multiple women mm-hmm. so this Ooh. might be a big overreaction of like this guy gets has to be punished because he's already because he's known as someone who has had multiple partners mm-hmm. and impregnated multiple people mm-hmm. in the same way that look more strong did Oh, I like that. I le- that was very. I didn't even think of that. That's a really good detail to notice. I didn't think about oh, it until now. Until we were talking, I was like, "Oh wait!" <laughs> you probably saw the moment on my face as you were talking. Yeah. <laughs> the we're we're developing this Jaharis psychology really well. I think <laughs> he's. I like I, I'm a lot more interested in him now than I ever was. <laughs> right. I don't like him. But he's interesting. No, but I don't like him because the the fucking concept that he's the cons- I mean, we'll talk about this when we do like our season wrap. But uh-huh. the fucking concept that he's the conciliator and he's this great king requires you to ignore Alison mm-hmm. and requires you to embrace embrace the concepts of the patriarchy. And I think we as readers are supposed to question that. Yep. yep. Uh, anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, right, especially when you get shit like this. Yes. Like I literally have in my notes like, wow. 
Jaharis the conciliator threatening yep. torture. Like, how do you get a nickname like the conciliator when you're like, you can either have brutal torture or I will murder you myself. Right. What a, what good, a good great choice. peacemaker. Kate. Great choices. You, you said it. Cake or, <laughs> cake or death. That's it. Death. <laughs> and the cake is me killing you by stabbing you in the eye. So, but at least you're not a cripple for your whole life. Mm, at least you're not tortured. Yep. At least you're not tortured and brutalized and, you know, unable to care for yourself. So, so Sarah gets into the Silent Sisters ultimately, and it sounds like this is a temporary thing. Like, <laughs> like J. Harrison. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if Alisan would have let her stay there because mm-hmm. Alisan was losing kids left and right at this point. Right. So Alisan might have been like, "All right, she's been there for two, three years. Let's bring her home. Come on." Um, but Sarah, God bless. Right, but it's like, it. The maester frames it like, like, I agree with you. I think Alisan would have been lobbying for Sarah mm-hmm. to get out. But the maester makes it out like Jaharis always intended it to be temporary. Oh, no, no, And no, I do not, not agree no. with that interpretation. <laughs> that sounds like Jaharis' apology to me. No, that, that is, that is Jaharis' apology. <laughs> this maester is the biggest Jaharis apologist, okay? Right, yeah. Like, yes, Alisan would have been trying to get Sarah out of there, probably would have let a couple years pass, and then been mm-hmm. like, look, I think she's suffered enough. Yeah, think, she's you know, penitent. Like, she's, let's forgive yeah. and forget. Let's bring her back. She, we can marry her off. You love it when our kids get married. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, but <laughs> Jairus was big mad. He, I don't think he wanted her to get out of there forever. No, he was like, she knows what a dick is. She can't come back here. Yeah. <laughs> and she likes she, it. Oh, no, no. Oh, the worst no. thing. How will I live? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but she gets out. God bless. God I'm bless. so glad that she did. I'm Good so glad that her. she did. You Again, this is why I'm saying like a, like a 60 minute episode or maybe even like two episodes about Sarah's life and then like her going to, when well, she goes to Lice, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um going to lice and i'm like i want to know what happens to her there there's a few like mentions in this text particularly of women who end up like working in brothels in like lice because there's also a a um uh lady joanna uh who gets captured she's actually mentioned in house of the dragon joanna mm-hmm. swan yep gets captured when um a galley she's on is captured and she goes east and becomes like the head courtesan and she's known as the black swan Mm-hmm. And the maester's like, but that's outside the scope of our story. And I'm like, no, please tell me more. Right. <laughs> this, right. this I want to see. And Corianne Wilde ends up there. Corianne Wilde. Oh my god, that's that's the adaptation we really need. That's the one right. we deserve. That like I, a part of me suspects that like this is a way, was a pathway for power and independence. Oh yeah, because you have your own money. Yep. Yep. Yeah. You're independently wealthy. Um. Mm-hmm. I would assume especially if you become like the 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 head of a brothel or a courtesan mm-hmm. of some kind, um, you get to pick your clients. Mm-hmm. You get control yep. over who you have sex with. Um, mm-hmm. And that's a way to have power. And mm-hmm. I, I think it is no surprise that, that we find women ending up in a situation like this and ultimately gaining power by it because I think it is an avenue for power that doesn't mm-hmm. exist in – that doesn't really exist in Westeros, but, but like – you people would know women would know that this is a way that like maybe if i make it mm-hmm. i can make it to essos and become you know gain power that way and become mm-hmm. independent independently wealthy and control my life in that way 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I want that for them. I mean, I wish yeah. it were not the only avenue for them, but like if women want to do it, like good for them. Right. And Sarah's the kind of person that it seems like she likes having sex mm-hmm. and she she likes that physical experience and she, she likes the attention from that, whatever. And she seems to be good at it because she goes and she makes a lot of money. She does very well for herself. Mm-hmm. So good. That's, right. I mean, that's what she wants to do. Uh, we're, we are sex positive on this podcast, you know, right. you do what you want to do. Sex work is real work. Like, oh, absolutely. It is a service and it is important yeah. and um, no shame. Yep. The, the and thing then is that women, women should not be forced into it. it but exactly. It, it should be a choice. But if it is a choice and it's consensual, great. Awesome. Sex work is awesome. And Sarah made, I think it's clear from the text that yes. Sarah made that choice. Yep. She was not is, forced. This is what she, Sarah wants. Yeah, and then Jahara says the worst fucking thing <gasps> that ends our section, which we've already read on page 326. Queen Alison said, they have made our daughter into a whore. And Jaharis responds, she always was. Fuck off. Just, just, just. Wow, Jaharis. Absolutely fuck you. Absolutely yep. fuck you. Mm-hmm. Fuck what a douchebag. Yep. Just mm-hmm. the, the dirt worst. <gasps> awful, awful, awful. Right. Why, um, why don't we try to not call our daughters whores? Yeah, let's, yeah. Let's do, try try that one on for size, bro. Just yeah. I mean, it's. I mean, I'm sure it would be really difficult, but like, you just try. I mean, just yeah. Cost zero dollars to not call to not call your daughter. <laughs> oh, zero dollars. Oh so who gets shafted? Um, <laughs> literally Sarah. Uh, <laughs> but in a good way. Um. Women everywhere. Women everywhere get shafted this section. Yeah, my note is women everywhere. Fuck this fucked up patriarchy. He hates it, precious. Yes. Yeah, I finish this and I'm just like, once again, like, the Targaryen royal family is a microcosm of of patriarchal society. So you can imagine that this would not just happen to someone like Sarah. That, like, Mm -hmm. Jaehaerys is reflecting, is embodying Westerosi society's views of sex. Yep. And 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 female sexual agency and female sexual pleasure, which means that literally all women under patriarchy are as fucked as Sarah mm-hmm. if they were to try to have the kind of sexual agency that she has. They would right. be just as fucked. And the point of view is really important because if you if you buy into the Maester's position, then Jahara seems like he's completely right. Mm-hmm. And that like you know like the his ending line about her being a whore for example like she does literally go to work in a like a brothel like in a pleasure house right and so she literally becomes a sex worker so when he's like calling her a whore it's really easy for a reader to be like well she is you know and it's like no no you the, the this is fake this is right. all these rules are fake this the i hate the maidenhead stuff too it's like oh my, oh god. my god virginity oh. isn't real guys Get, it's a get, concept. Get it's Julia concept. on here to talk about the concept of, of virginity and maidenhead. Yeah. That's one of her big. Because <laughs> uh, it's so gross and it's so yep. it's so objectifying and it's just like, mm-hmm. uh, the whole thing. And it's not real. It's not it's real. We fucking made it up. <laughs> we made it up. There's no such thing as like a barrier to hide, like some people's bodies might have you might have like a thicker skin that might hurt mm-hmm. the first time you have sex but the idea that there's like a barrier that you like puncture through 
it's fake that's not real that is not right. anatomy like this is anatomically incorrect it's a fake idea that like the first time you get penetrated is somehow magical and does something and changes you it's fucking fake mm-hmm. it's fucking fake and i always also thought like as a side note i always thought that like obsession with particularly like female virginity mm-hmm. is like and like the first time or whatever for women is like very closely linked to a kind of pedophilia situation where it's like what what you're looking for is a woman who has no sexual experience which means what you're looking for is a young woman yeah and that gets real close to being looking for a child Uh uh-huh so i i people that are obsessed with this kind of like maidenhood virginity thing i'm Mm -hmm. like you're kind of telling on yourself you know like yes Yes, yeah. you're absolutely right about that. Yeah, yeah, because like most most women or girls of a certain like most women of a certain age have had some kind of sexual experience. So if you want right. an inexperienced woman who's never had sex, like you're look you're you're not looking for a woman anymore. You're looking for a child. Right, exactly. Or a young exactly. teen. And why? Why, why are you, you looking that? for someone? Why are you looking for someone who has no sexual experience? Well, I mean, because power and and. They because don't know any, they don't know any yeah exactly and, because power and and gross uh-huh. uh right bad reasons to have sex right right bad bad sex reasons <laughs> right yes you don't you especially don't want people to know that sex can be different than the way that you have sex and so if mm. it's coercive or you know right exactly dangerous or painful or any of those things you don't want them to know that it could be any mm-hmm. different for them um yeah, this is, this is, I hate everything about this. I hate it all. It's so upsetting. Um, it also touches on what you, what you brought up. So we're kind of getting into themes about mm-hmm. like one of, one of your running themes is like what disempowers women, disempowers us all. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is, this is hugely present with Jaharis and his daughters. Mm-hmm. And we'll get, we'll get more daughter stuff uh, later, a little bit later on. Cause there's a, a there's at least one, there's two more daughters. Uh, Vassara yes. and Gail. Vassara. Gail, right. Can't forget Gail, Winter Princess. Mm-hmm. Um, Jaharis's response to his daughters just, like, being alive, um, mm-hmm. and their sexuality especially, is very much that, like, it, when you disempower women, because it, it, it hurts the family yeah. for him to be this way with his daughters. It hurts his family that Dayella goes and dies in childbirth because she was married too young. Mm-hmm. It hurts his family that Sarah... It f- has to flee into exile to live because he's so controlling. You know, these, the, this is very much that theme playing out in an interpersonal kind of way within this family. And like, when we finally get to Viserys, we've kind of talked about this loosely because of House of the Dragon. Like, Viserys's reign is considered like the height of Targaryen power. Um, mm-hmm. But really, that. In my opinion, that power begins to wane mm-hmm. during Jaehaerys and Alysanne, and I think it's because of these interpersonal relationships they have with their children, yeah, and the way that they they are with their mm-hmm. kids. Uh, and the, I do think the family starts to weaken at that point, which is what allows the dance to happen right. further down the line. Yeah, because we've been talking about uh, this as like uh, Jaehaerys's parenting, mm-hmm. um, but when you're the king, you're not just a dad. Right. And any of your parenting choices are also political choices mm-hmm. because you're the king. In the same way that, like, with Viserys clearly not wanting to actually be king, which we yep. saw on the show, like, he just wants to be a dad. Like, he just wants to, like, love his wife and daughter, which is great. Mm-hmm. I want that for him. Um, but that has political implications. 
Mm-hmm. Like if you if you def- allow other people to make choices around you and and all you want, you know, like mm-hmm. so all of the king's choices, even when they're about fatherhood, are also political choices. So yeah. you're right. Like Jaharis making he's making decisions about his family, but it's not just about his family. Mm-hmm. It's almost Gretchen, like it's the conflict of the personal and the political. What? <laughs> in this, the Song of Ice and Fire universe, <laughs> so weird. Uh-huh. <laughs> right, right. Um, and if and if this is true for the ruling family, how much more is it true for other women who have even less power? Yeah, like exactly. Um, yeah, that you you can see that like for as much as Sarah Sarah has more agency than most young women. But there are vast, vastly more agency, vastly more agency than other young women. So you can imagine a situation that like, you know, when we don't even have to imagine, we know what can happen to to other Lord's daughters who make similar decisions. They get, Mm -hmm. um, you know, similar things would happen to them, but they might not be able to get away. They might not have the same resources. They might not Mm -hmm. like get as far um, if they were to get out or Mm -hmm. if they could get out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because I would imagine that that like a part of what makes Sarah so successful as a sex worker is because she's a Targaryen. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and people are like, "Oh my god, I want to fuck the Targaryen princess." Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, right. you do. And, give me, yeah. give me some gold. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Pay me for my services. Like, yeah. Um, and so another another woman who did not have the same, you know, even conventional attractiveness would mm-hmm. not be able to you know, or the same financial resources or the same reputation as being like the daughter of a powerful house with, you know, with mm-hmm. pretty silver hair and purple eyes or whatever. Like mm-hmm. they're not going to have the same, like Sarah is the best set up to find a way out of the constraints. And even, and even she can only do so much. Mm-hmm. How much less do other women under patriarchy have the ability to like make it out in any meaningful way? I mean, uh, maybe a good a good example or a good comparison would be to Jane Poole yes. in A Dance of Dragons. Mm-hmm. Um, that, you know, and Jane Poole is, is even someone who has a name. She was the Kettle Master's daughter. She was known to the, you know, she, she had some power and agency in that she was a friend of the Starks. And mm-hmm. even still, yeah. she's reduced to having nothing mm-hmm. and having no control. Mm-hmm. Even when the lords around her know that yeah. this is all a farce and that she's being tortured. They do nothing because she's no one. Yeah. Yeah. You it know? just doesn't matter. Right. And it's, it's, ugh. it's yeah. so, so like, th- this is why patriarchy is bad. It's a very good example of why patriarchy is bad. It is so disempowering to people across the board and obviously, especially disempowering to women mm-hmm. within the system. Right. Question it. Question it all the time. Yes. Yes. Um, uh some random symbolism thoughts we've got one of those other one-eyed deaths which i already pointed out uh martin really mm-hmm. just does like destroying eyeballs um yeah he does i mean i think it's a pretty it's the kind of traumatic injury that you can survive um yeah i mean stinger doesn't but no no not not in this case no she does not um but and it is also symbolic you know being able to see mm-hmm. you know um yeah. In, in both the literal and the prophetic sense. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Um, we've got a princess in the tower. We've talked about this before, that, like, whenever mm-hmm. you see a lady in a tower, you think of um, someone trapped in a weirwood trying to get out. So we got a princess. We got a princess in a tower trying to escape. Um, I wonder if we've ever seen that before, George R. R. Martin. 
We get it looks, is all over a song of ice and fire. I mean, Ariane looks directly Martel. into camera. <laughs> yeah, Ariane Martel, Sansa mm-hmm. Stark. The list goes on and on and on. There are on over and over. A lot like of princesses putting, and towers. We like putting ladies in towers. Um, this is another chance where we can talk about the Silent Sisters. We talked about mm. it a little bit last episode, but like the Silent Sisters, um, it is even mm. more prominent here that like the greatest punishment that can be inflicted upon a woman under patriarchy is to quite literally silence her, especially mm-hmm. when she does not conform to expected behavior. That that this is like this is such a clear example of like. A woman is trying to live in a way that does not conform with any kind of societal expectations. And the solution, quote unquote, solution is to punish and silence her. Mm. Like, that's directly what's happening is she's being punished and like literally silenced. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just so vivid. It's so vivid in this chapter. And I love you. You have a note about how the description of how she lived there was very much like the the prep for a walk of shame. Yeah, that it's uncomfortable that they're being scrubbed, they're being shaved, they're they're wearing scratchy clothes, and for no fucking reason. Why? Why? Mm -hmm. You don't need to suffer to be a silent sister. You could have you could have nice stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, right? Uh, But it's like it's a punishment. Yeah, and it's breaking them down. Right. Like you. Like like that. I feel like like it's pretty clear to me that the ultimate goal both in the walk of shame and in something like this is not just punishment per se just for the sake of it but punishment with the goal of breaking down Mm, yeah that like especially with like cersei like the goal is to humble her right is to like break her down so that she will become compliant Mm -hmm. again um and so this kind of like physical physically degrading punishing behavior like remind like is you know this has been on my mind because i've been listening to tiktoks about cults that like often Mm -hmm. this happens in cults as a part of the indoctrination process Mm -hmm. is is it's physically punishing and that leaves you very little room to think and so you're more likely to conform because you're not thinking you're not Mm -hmm. able to think so like food deprivation physical punishment sleep deprivation these are all Mm -hmm. ways that you get that you break down human bodies and human psychologies to make them more amenable to conforming to the ideas you want them to believe in mm-hmm. and so i and becoming I, part of your collective yes and yeah. i read this and i'm like oh yeah that's what they're doing they're, they're punishing and breaking down these women so that the end goal being that they will become compliant members of society and she's there for a year and a half uh-huh and it doesn't work nope that sure doesn't work good for her good for her she endured. she was just waiting she was just biding her time mm-hmm. she's like one of these days I'm just gonna, it's gonna be fine. Yep. I'm, I'm gonna just wait until I get the chance and she escapes. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm glad for her. I'm Good glad that her. happened. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't think we said this earlier, but like, how fucked up is it that siblings getting married is better than a girl kissing her friends? <sighs> like, there's, there's no gay shit allowed in King's Landing. <laughs> They're not, no, no gay stuff. Just siblings, siblings, it's fine. What like, if it was two girl siblings kissing? You know, still probably not okay because still probably not okay no. because you cannot you you cannot control the whole point of siblings kissing is so that the boy can control the the woman <laughs> so true. that That's any true. power she might have becomes deflected on him. Are there any gay Targaryen men that we know of? 
we haven't we encountered any speculated but we haven't who did we sure. speculate about we speculated a bit about Aegon that he might be bi that oh his, that's right that is he that had his a, best buddy his bff Baratheon. that's true yeah okay we are Aegon Aegon the original yes Mm-hmm. might have been might have been we don't have any confirmed ones because we have confirmed lesbian or bisexual yep. Targaryen women. Mm-hmm. Right. Huh. But yeah, you're right. We don't have any. I can't even think of any in the rest of. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the blood. rest of the, the canon. Huh. I mean, Laenor, but he's a Valarian. He's not a Targaryen. Right. Um. Yeah, I mean, I feel like if there were any. Gay men in a Targaryen family tree, they would feel as much of a need to pressure to get married. Da- Damon in the show um, is hinted to be bisexual, and there's actually a deleted scene that confirmed oh. Damon as bisexual. Um, oh, cool. It, yeah, it was like on the that. internet for a while. Yeah, I'm sure it's still there. Um, so there, there's, uh, there's that. But that, that's not in the text. That's in the TV show. But I, I like that. I like I that, wanna, I want to see Matt Smith kiss boys. I, I would love to watch that. <laughs> Let Matt Smith kiss boys. <laughs> Please. Let's lobby for that. Um, yeah, I can't think of any. And I... Mm. I mean, maybe when we get to, to Baylor the Blessed, we could talk about whether or not there's something going on with him. Mm-hmm. Um, it's... Baylor the Blessed within the scope of Fire and Blood? I can't remember. But he's the I one who lost up all his sisters. Yeah. They were just too sexy. Because his sisters were too sexy. They were too sexy. He couldn't couldn't do that. Yeah. I, I forget how far Fire and Blood goes. I can't. We'll, fi- we'll find out in the future we on fr- following episodes. I don't think it does. <laughs> um I think you're I don't I don't think it gets that far. Um so yeah, I think we only get through Aegon the Third in Fire yes, and Blood, yeah. which means yeah, we don't get to Baylor the Blessed. But like that, there could someone could speculate that there's something going on. I don't know necessarily means if it's he's gay, but it I maybe mean, maybe he's asexual, maybe he's sexual. Yeah. Maybe I mean there are other things that could happen. Yeah, um, exactly. But yeah, I feel um, like if if you even if you were a gay Targaryen prince, you would need to hide it pretty well. Like you, you would at least need to get married and have children, and then yes. you could be gay on the side. Yeah. Like, yeah. as long as you get married and have children, you could be gay on the side. That's fine. Right. Yep. That happened with Reyna. They were okay with that. They're like, whatever. Mm. You had the twins. You're good. You yeah. married your brother. Excellent. Good job. Yep. So. Yeah. And as much as people are like, maybe you should get married and have more kids. Mm-hmm. Like, um, yeah. Yep. Anyway. Yeah. We've got some canonical queer ladies and not not as many queer men canonically. Yeah. All right, well, we did a pretty good job on this, I think, Gretchen. <laughs> yep, yep, yeah. We, we are a regular about two-hour length. We're good. Yeah, so I need to go take a nap because I've had to deal with so much patriarchal bullshit. <laughs> exactly. All right, guys, well, so our email address is houseoffireandbloodpodcast at gmail.com. Our Instagram is houseoffireandbloodpodcast. Um, Next we time have we will be one finishing this up. Yeah. Yeah uh we so the next episode is going to pick up on page 326 just after jaharis's horrible line through the end of this chapter and that'll be the last episode of this season 
So again, if you're a listener and you are interested in being on the podcast, if there's an area you have you like to talk about, a cat, it can even be like really narrow. You know, if there's like a particular character you want to talk about, or a way we did analysis that you think we missed something, you could be critical of us. That's totally fine. We're we're critical of everything, including ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, anything at all that you want to talk about, please feel free to email us. We are we are taking suggestions. We don't have a limit for the number of uh, you know special episodes we'll do for you know reviewing season one right um we have a few people in the pipeline that we're interested in having on and again these would be sort of shorter episodes so we could arrange Mm -hmm. uh, all that Um, we don't expect everyone to talk for two hours the way that we do no (laughs) (laughs) that said if we have musa back i do expect us to talk for two back (laughs) right i know that he has thoughts about jaharis as a dad so he does we should have musa on because i he's he's a big he's a jaharis apologist (laughs) <laughs> or, that might be a little strong maybe he's not a Jaharis apologist but he he I likes Jaharis more than we do yes he likes Jaharis yeah. more than we do which is, <laughs> can cover a whole range of things yeah exactly exactly all right i'm gonna shout out to some of our listeners around the world this week we have a lot of listeners in sao paulo brazil Ooh. i know which i don't think we've covered before no that we had listeners i there. don't think so either I've actually been to Sao Paulo. Oh, cool. I went, pre-COVID, I went over Christmas, like over Christmas, New Year's, mm. which was nice because here in Jersey, it was snowing and cold and there it was summer. Oh, so I got to yeah. go to the beach. Nice. And I made a, uh, I, I made a sand man, so like a snowman, but out of sand. And I sent pictures back to Jersey to my friends. I'm like, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> You're freezing and I'm at the beach in Brazil. <laughs> Fantastic. It was awesome. Um, it was I really have good. never been. I would like to go. It's a beautiful place. I, I loved it. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I would love to go back. Um, so, yeah, thank you guys for listening out there. That's awesome. Yes. Um, I hope you enjoy our analysis. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hope you're right. enjoying your much warmer weather since it is currently winter here up in the States as well. Yes, you lucky sons of a bitch. You get to have a nice sunshine. And, and it's be- just beautiful there. Oh, mm-hmm. The food was so good. Man, I want to go back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you for joining us. And we will talk to you next time. Mm-hmm. Uh, until next time, remember, it's better to have your brother's kids than to make out with your best friend. Ah, uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and until next time, um, again, Jaharis, if you want to win Father of the Year, <laughs> just a thought. Maybe don't call your daughter a whore. Eh? <laughs> have, we, have we considered not saying that about our kids? Maybe it just an idea, just to percolate on that one. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just let, let let it soak in for a let little bit. Let that one sit. Let that one sit. Think about it for a minute. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay, everyone. Thanks so much. We will talk to you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. So you know the the children's cartoon Bluey? Yeah. Uh-huh. Have you have you ever seen it? No, I've seen like I've seen clips, but never like a whole episode. It's actually a really good show. I've watched a lot of it. I ended up watching like a whole season when I was babysitting uh, one of my friend's children. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. I was like fucking crying watching Bluey. This is it's a great show. It's Aww. very well written. Very well written show. Um and kids love it too. So we went to this convention and my brother and his wife every year do this thing where they buy like a really large plushie from this one particular artist. Okay. Like one year she made a magic carp, like a giant, like bed-sized magic carp. Wow. Like I'm talking big, big, yeah. So it was a magic carp, then there was a Snorlax, How then there was another Pokemon. Cost. They're only like 200 bucks. 
Which I'm like, I think she's underselling her. I think she should charge more than yeah. that. Yeah. That's what she puts it up for. I mean, it's just felt and fluff, so I can't imagine it takes too long to make, but still. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. But it's become like a tradition. They like do it every year. Uh-huh. And because um, the things, I mean, it's felt and fluff. It doesn't last forever. You, you keep it for like the year. It's kind of cruddy. You right. Toss it. You get a new one. So they had Magikarp, they had Snorlax, they had another Pokemon I didn't recognize. It must have been one of the new ones. Mm -hmm. And then this year, they got Bluey. She made a giant Bluey. I mean, giant. And, um, but Chris and Bridget couldn't fit it in their car (laughs) to bring back. So they were going to ship it, which they usually do. They usually ship it with FedEx. (laughs) Wow. Back to Jersey. That's going to, like, be almost as much as that plushie costs. Well, they get a discount because Bridget's family is like a FedEx, like they work for FedEx or something. So she, they get some kind of discount, whatever. Anyway, okay. they were going to ship it. Um, but one of my friends has like a larger car mm-hmm. uh, who was part of our like Jersey crew that came down. And he's like, I can bring it in my car. So we put Bluey in his trunk and Bluey's still in his trunk um, <laughs> because my brother and Bridget like just haven't followed up. And my mom is like, you have to, she's like, Carolyn, you have to give Bluey back. And I'm like, I'm, I'm not holding Bluey hostage. Like, I'll give Bluey back. <laughs> You're not and like asking like, for ransom or anything. Right. Well, then my mom was like, wait, you got to take some hostage photos of Bluey. <gasps> yes. Oh my God. <laughs> so I'm like, cause now my brother has started to ask for Bluey back. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. So I'm going to get like a scarf and wrap it around his eyes. And put his hands, like, behind his back and put him in the trunk of the car and take a picture and send it. Oh, my (laughs) gosh, that's so good. I'll do a picture of Bluey holding a newspaper with today's date, you know. (laughs) Proof of life. (laughs) I'm going to send them as demands. Uh Uh-huh. So that's my next project is doing a ransom photos of bluey <laughs> if you really wanted to go all out you could go to a fabric store and try and find a scrap of similar felt and mail it to them yep <laughs> I thought about them. <laughs> just like send them a, a, an envelope with like some some felt and some fluff in it yes 